right. See, Lord says, did or do you all question God? And if so, what do you ask? Listen. Oh my God! Yeah. Talking about faith so, and tested. Yeah. Oh my yes, God. Let the Lewis's go first, please. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So absolutely, you question God. I think you wouldn't be normal if you didn't. Right. But I think I, I think because there's a level of maturity that goes with that. But there's also a level of God. I just give me something so I can I can get out of my head and keep from going crazy. Because as a husband, I'm trying to do something to help her and help myself at the same time. So absolutely, we question God, and it's funny because uh, as as you pray, I just, I never forget when 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 we went to the doctor, we came home. So this is how crazy I was when they said that the baby they could, didn't have a heartbeat. I prayed. I want to say two or three days that God would that God would wake the baby up and the oh, baby yeah. would have a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I have mm. to know. Yes. I have yeah, because enough. I had to carry the baby. Yes, I had yes, to yes. You continue did. to carry the baby mm. until yeah. I had to give birth to the baby. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah. it was very wow. trying, and and you're like, God, what is Absolutely this about? Absolutely, you question We're at God. church Absolutely. every Sunday. Yes. We're at prayer out and all was, of this stuff. We was counterpaying our ties. We was paying our all. <laughs> 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 Topic of the discussion and hit the issues you typically find reluctant. Remove the facade to fill the gap with some substance. We undermining problems, expecting to overcome it. Please hold the applause, we doing it for the cause. People follow culture before they follow the laws. We rather face the friction and not attempt it at all. Persistence will find solutions once our contentment dissolves. There's a hard pill to swallow for anyone breathing. Both for folks who stay woke and those who be dreaming. We ain't slaves, yet we still ain't experienced freedom. What we need is the keys to access the kingdom. We're all in this fallen world, trying to stay intact. I'm just a beggar pointing you out to where the bread is at. So follow the breadcrumbs like Hansel and Grant. And thank Yogi Bear and the thought engineer for that all. Good people, welcome to Man Talk Mondays. Thank you all for joining us. As you can see, we got three lovely couples here joining us tonight. I'm Derek the Thought Engineer. As you know, my man, comedian John Yogi, he's here with us, him and his lovely wife. You've heard about her before. <laughs> Miss Cheryl, and then hey, also hey, joining us, we have the loves. Hey, <laughs> we have the loves joining us tonight. How y'all doing? Good, we're good. So, so we're gonna we're gonna get into right into this this conversation. And for those of you watching, we're talking about no what's it? No belly swelling. I'm bailing. <laughs> The infertility and the impact on marriage. Now, all of us, we have our our own story, our own journey. So what we're going to do, we're going to start off and just kind of get into uh, each one of our journeys uh, real quick. So starting with the Lewises, let the Lewises tell us your story, your journey. Okay. Well, <laughs> we, um, uh, John and I were, um, when we were first married, we had our daughter. Our daughter was born uh, prematurely. So she was born at uh, 28 weeks. So she was a two pounder. At six months in humans' terms, at six months. <laughs> yeah, six months. However, um, when she, after she was born and after she was two and all of our health and everything was fine, we decided to try for our second child and in that trying we lost uh we had six miscarriages afterwards so but but god was able to bless us with um two uh wonderful boys that we ended up adopting now (laughs) 
it has been it's been challenging however it is also rewarding so we're happy we love them as you know they're our own so yeah that was yeah six keywords being six miscarriages uh six months two pounds three ounces uh very trying uh when it came to uh the babies and all that part it was a uh, very traumatic times we went through trying to have kids. So. Yeah, the the last one was the most traumatic one because we were um we were four almost five months. Um, five months in. Wow. Months. Yeah, and uh, I just remember I remember the frustration after the last one, where she she was crying and she looked at me and she said I can't do this anymore, and she decided to um, snipping. So, yeah, decided to have a tube tied. Cause we was having some sex. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever lack of try, basically what you said. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh let's 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 check in with the loves. Let the loves give us their story. Well, well, we we came together. Uh, actually, we knew each other in high school, mm -hmm. but. You know, we circled around a little bit and, you know, when I was younger, she didn't want me. Then I got hot. Then she was all up on me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we circled around and then we became a, uh, a blended family. Uh, my wife, she was married previously and had two, um, two beautiful young, young a boy and a girl that I love them, took them on as my own as well as, as part of me. But when before we were engaged and we got together, she she told me she always wanted us to have one together. And and we went through our our trials in that in that situation and we had a um, miscarriage um, um, through a tough time and and it's amazing we got married later on in life at 36 and lord blessed us at 46. wow at 46 to have our first child together ah, yeah. wow. wow wow that's amazing yes that is amazing so i guess <clears throat> i'm the designated spokesperson for the for the smiths and um See, trying to wear her producer hat and be a guest on the show. We're gonna see how they work out. But, Got it. but as far as as far as us, as far as the Smiths go, um, we've been married um, almost fifteen years. Be fifteen years here in August, and it's been a fifteen-year journey. Um. We've, we like John, wasn't lack of trying. <laughs> we had <laughs> <we laughs> <nanned> some six. <laughs> right, her mom listened. So, but, um, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, but it's, it's been, it's been a serious challenge. Um, it's been, an emotional journey. Um, everything about your faith gets tested. Mm -hmm. Everything about what you believe. Uh, trying to be patient, trying to hang on to the promises, uh, especially if you've received prophecy and just the whole nine. There's, you know, there's things that, you know, you, you try to keep hope alive. We've we tried the adoption route. Uh, we tried for a year, things didn't pan out, and we even tried IVF, and that didn't pan out. So we're we're in this place now. We're still waiting. We're still waiting. So that's the stage we're in right now. That's where we are, and our story is still being written. So that's the Smith's story. Yeah, her mom talking about too much information. Just <laughs> turn your volume down for a little bit and turn it back up in a minute. We're going to give you the thumbs up when you're turning back up. <laughs> so during, during each of your journey, 
how how was it with I guess what the communication? Mm-hmm. How was it with the communication about where each of you were with that journey? How did you handle or manage manage that? I think it was frustrating. Um, it was frustrating for us um, at first. You know, even um, we we even waited. It was about what it took us fifteen years, almost fifteen mm. years to adopt. Oh, Janae was almost fifteen when we first adopted Jacob. Oh, so we tried. Yeah, so oh, we, we tried, we but and then we just um, because it was um, it was disheartening because it was hard and you didn't know what what to do next or. I think I think the biggest thing the biggest thing for me that I what I've noticed with her was uh you because she's trying not to blame herself. She's trying because mm. because I think wow. naturally we want we want to put fault somewhere. And the biggest thing was I, I, I it was important for me not to make her feel some kind of way because she wasn't spitting out kids. Because sometimes the worst thing that we can hear is Sudden such just had another baby, and we like, but she got nine already. How she if you look at her side, right? And it really gets, and to be honest, yeah. it really gets frustrated because we, yeah. because we bring that back home was how do these people yeah. keep having these kids and we can't we can't have kids. We got a home, we got a beautiful home, we got a loving marriage, and, and you think it would be perfect for them. And so you're trying to do everything you can. And the biggest thing for me just to keep constantly encouraging her and not make her feel less than because listen, I, I, I can't even imagine how it feels to be a woman in, in the struggle having kids. Because for the most part, right. I think women feel like that's what they're that's what they're here for besides cooking and cleaning. But they supposed to be having kids. <laughs> 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 So I have a question up that says, is infertility a common problem, right? Because the misconception is, is that a lot of women who who suffer with infertility, a lot of uh, couples who suffer with infertility feel like they're alone, right? But um, 19%, like he said earlier, one in five women, one in five couples actually experience infertility um, within their lifetime. And that's between the ages of 15 to 49. And the thing is, just like John said, when... When you're a woman, it's looked like it's looked at as though you're the problem. Like it could even be male infertility. It's just not. It doesn't matter who you know where the problem lies. But women are always the ones who are judged or who are like, oh, you're not giving your husband any children. And it's it's hard for women to go through that, especially when uh, like older people, because a lot of older people, you know, they say whatever and they don't think about what they're. Right, because old school is like you're supposed to bust out 19 children and keep it moving, right? Well, they also didn't have the stress of everyday life because most of us now are working women. Who And my doctor was like, you are a professional woman. A lot of professional women have issues having children because you have the everyday life, uh, everyday stresses yeah, of work stress. and all those things, right? Yeah. And then the doctor was like, every time you come to the doctor, women, every time the, the woman goes to the doctor, they feel like they're being judged. Because they basically go, all right, we're checking your numbers, we're checking your blood level, we're checking your hormones and all this kind of stuff. And so it's heavy on the woman when it's a couple issue, right? The whole couple is going mm-hmm. through it. And so I, I just want the listeners to understand that, like, you are not, if you're going through, if you're suffering through, you're not alone. And the world will make you think like it's just your problem alone. You're by yourself when, when you're not. That's good. Now it, it you're right. It, it there is a huge focus on on the women with you know kind of feeling like this is what you supposed to be able to do and and the whole nine. But the men take on we take on on a lot too with that. You know, um, because it's nothing you can control. We if we can do something about it, we would do something about it. You know what I'm saying? If, you know, it's if it's like, you know, go fix the go fix the sink or something like that. If it was that simple, we would do it. You know, we would we would do everything. But it's not something that you can control directly 
And and for us, we we want we want to help you. We don't want you carrying this burden. We don't want you carrying this weight of of feeling like that. So, you know, it makes us feel helpless too. Well, it can that, kind of put us in that and make us feel helpless. And that's what I want to ask the guy. I want to ask the other uh, Reggie and Derek. I want to ask you guys. So, how did you guys? How do you guys? How did you guys deal with? Uh, Derek, how do you and Reggie? How did you? How did you guys deal with when she after after getting disappointing news or whatever? Maybe I just remember this story. You know, I got a story every week. So I remember when Cheryl was. Uh, I want to say she might have been three or four weeks pregnant. And she was at the point where she was starting to gain weight. And so, now, you know you all in it if you starting to gain weight. It's called Yeah, yeah. She, she started. <laughs> <laughs> she was starting to show. Okay. So, she started the show, and all of a sudden, we go to the doctor, and the doctor says, I can't find a heartbeat. And oh, I'm, wow. I'm like, but but, but we, we were just here. We, yes, we were just here, and 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 so and all this stuff started running through your head. And you know it's funny because as a man, we think differently than women do. But I just I just remember thinking, man, I, I remember how bad I felt. But then I remember thinking about her as I couldn't. She was in consult. She was oh, she was crying. She was really she's really tore up. Cause I think she yeah. thought this way. Cause I think just when you think this is the one that's gonna take, and then it don't. I mean, man, it's oh, it's like a yo-yo. It was like your emotions are up and down, up and down, up and down. So you know it could take a toll on you mentally because you're having this struggle and you're thinking you are thinking that it's something wrong with you. So you run all these tests on you and all you have so many. Pokes and prods and so yeah. so guys, I'm curious. Tell me how y'all how, how y'all got how y'all got through those times or getting through those times. You know, it, it actually, John, you, you actually brought me back. I still remember us. Um, we had a, just a a normal appointment. She was about three months. We was about three months, and we just had a normal appointment. And she was. We went to a another doctor and we's like, oh, we just we just been through this ultrasound, heart was strong and and then all of a sudden, you know, she's, you know, got the ultrasound and you know, no beat. And she was quiet. Right, she was quiet. quiet. And she was yeah. quiet. And and it was mm. you know, and then finally, you know, you could it the baby wasn't there. I'm just it takes me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess for me, seeing my wife like that was was tough. But it's kind of like you know, men sometimes suffer in silence, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. We don't express or show our emotions, or but because we feel like we gotta hold everything on our shoulders, like mm -hmm. it has to mm -hmm. hold everything down. And I was at a point yeah. that I was trying to hold everything you know, hold everything for her. And, um, but in the closet, I was crying. Mm. Yeah. When in the closet, I cried. Um, but it's kind of, you know, like you said, you just, cause you, you don't want your wife to feel it's all her fault or you don't want to put no blame right. nowhere because it's, it's kind of like, it's out of your control. Like you said earlier, John and Derek, you have no control over this situation, and and you have your hopes up for something that you really, really wanting, and you it lets it it seems like it's there, and all of a sudden it's it's down, it's gone, you know. So mm -hmm. that was the tough part, but you know, as a man, just trying to make sure everybody's in place, but you find that moment in which you go in the closet and you, you just pray and cry. I'm just gonna be honest, that's what I did, but yeah. In, in aspect, but like I said, just trying to hold it down. Yeah, and you want to you want to be supportive because you don't want to emote too much because you don't want her to start now carrying the weight of your emotions too. So you 
like Reggie said, you kind of find your moments where you deal with it because you got to kind of shoulder through yourself and, you know, focus your attention on her because I feel I feel she carries the weight a whole lot more than I do. And so um, and you, you don't know, can't find the words all the time. You, you know, like I said, if it was one plus one is two, it's fixed. We do that. But we're right. trying to find out ourselves. How can I how can I be there for how what, what can I say? Because we're trying to relieve the situation. And sometimes you you end up sitting in it. And I think for a lot of times sitting in it, her feeling like she's not sitting in it by herself. Right. And I, you know, like I said, but I'm, I'm trying to balance that because I don't want my emotions to be weighing on her. Mm-hmm. And let me, let me say, I think, and that's what I'm going to put um, communication because I think that's for, especially for people who are going through this, right? And the reason, y'all, why we're talking about this is because in a couple of weeks, we're going to be going through National Infertility Week, which is April 23rd. And so we wanted to just dive into the conversation early for people who are going through that, right? So that you feel like you have a support system here. But like what he said, for me, the lack of emotion which he felt like he was protecting me from seeing him but to me it made it feel like oh like he don't he don't really care or like i'm the only one that's doubting because his response was always well we know what god said you know god told us that this is going to happen like we received this prophecy it's going to happen we just got to trust and believe which is fine and good but it's like I'm I'm over here a hot mess, a wreck. And you just like, oh, God said it's gonna happen. And and his lack of emotion for me was like, oh, am I the one with the little face? You know, am I because I'm being emotional? And so I had to tell him, like, I get that you're trying to be all uh with the Lord and highly favored, but I'm gonna need you to express <laughs> like what's going on with you as well, right? Because uh, again, like the the, the uh, research says, it's a lonely feeling. And so we don't want to feel like we're the only ones emotionally going through it. And I get that there's a healthy balance, right? We don't want you to be the one carrying all of the emotions to where it's like, oh my God, we got to hold you up too. And we can't hold ourselves up. But it's like at least le- allowing us to know that you also have some type of feelings, right? And so I think communication, especially communication in a marriage is is key anyway right communication and comprehension Mm -hmm. but especially when you're going through something like this i think it's it's imperative that you communicate early and often right that you're always talking about what you're feeling you know um what you're experiencing um because it's a high and low thing like one day you could be good and on 10 and then the next minute you like all in the bed in the uh in the fetal position like what the heck is going on right and so being able to just, I think, communicate that with um, the person that you're going through this with is important. You know, I I, I got a, I, I remember when, and I don't even think I didn't, I never even told her her this. Uh, we went to we went to a doctor. Um, of course, they did the 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 whole semen analysis and everything on me. And they, you know, uh, what is they check the the eggs and and stuff for you? Yeah, to check the count. And I remember we went to the doctor, and they they called me. We were in the car, and they called me. And you know, of course, he in the car, it's on speaker, you know, speakerphone. And I remember thinking to myself almost as if let something be wrong with me. Oh, wow. Let something, wow. let something be wrong with me. So you can show the something to blame so you can have that blame to be yeah. on you. Yeah. Right. Put some of the pressure out. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, boy, you got super sperm. They was like, <laughs> everything's good. You know, I was like, come on. I was like, get off the phone right now. You know, <laughs> Wrong. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, stop telling us ain't nothing wrong. <laughs> wrong. Because because she takes what's going on and 
it's it's magnified for her. Just just the way her just the way her mind works, everything is gonna be get magnified for her. So so yeah, I mean stuff like that is hard. See, Lord says, did or do you all question God? And if so, what do you ask? Listen. Oh my God, yeah. So, so, tested. Yeah. Oh my yeah. Yes, let, let the Lewis's go first, please. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So absolutely you question God. I think you wouldn't be normal if you didn't. Right. But I think I, I think because there's a level of maturity that goes with that, but there's also a level of God, I just give me something so I can I can get out of my head and keep from going crazy. Because as a husband, I'm trying to do something to help her and help myself at the same time. So absolutely we question God. And it's funny because uh as as you pray, I just I never forget. When, when when we went to the doctor, we came home. So this is how crazy I was. When they said that the baby they could, didn't have a heartbeat, I prayed. I want to say two or three days that God would that God would wake the baby up and the oh, baby yeah. would have a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I have mm. enough to know. Yes. I have yeah, because enough. I had to carry the baby. Yes, I yes, yes. To continue to carry the baby mm. until yeah. I had to give birth to the baby. Oh, yeah. Wow. Suffering. This is, and I'm like, when you said long suffering, you know, I thought you were just talking about Jesus. I didn't know why I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it was just, right. it was hard. And and one last thing, last thing, right quick. Uh, one of the things that I know Cheryl does is Cheryl separates herself from me. Yes, we're we're a couple, we're a couple, but Cheryl separates herself from me. And when, depending on what it is she's going through, and this is one of the things she separates. So no matter how I tried to get in there with her, so that we can deal with that together. She kind of pushed me off and was like, this is something that I got to deal with. Because I remember her. I remember her thinking back about, okay, God, what is there anything that I did in my past? Boy. What in the world? What in the world has happened? What have I done? You thinking all this stuff? And I'm like, it has nothing. I'm trying to reassure you, honey. It has nothing to do with that. It's about this. It's about it's just God. And but there were no and the believer in you is not want to hear God's will about nothing. Right. Right. During that time of hollering and crying, I remember one night. I was I was like, okay, God, I, I, I've done this enough. And it was like he said, forgive yourself. Mm, oh wow. Okay. I guess because I asked the question, what did I do? I couldn't remember if I had done anything or what I had done. But that was one of the a very pivotal moments for my mindset to forgive mm-hmm. myself. Whatever, because yeah. you know it has to be somebody's fault. No, you no, no, was... th- no. But that's how that's how we yeah. do. We that's program, we program like that. Yeah, yes, yeah. We, we yeah. was something wrong. Somebody did something, and something wrong, and it has to be somebody's fault. And I'm like, and mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like D, where I wasn't as quiet, but it's funny. I don't remember talking to Cheryl a lot about what was going on and how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to get out of the way. Cause I can pump some more out if we yeah. need some more. That was my thing. Yeah. You need to go back in there, coach. Right. I can go back in there. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, to yeah, answer sure. Lori's question, though, I uh, I, w- I would say that my prayer life, my prayer language changed with the whole infertility journey because before it was like, dear heavenly Father, you know, it was the the sweet <laughs> prayer. And then, you know, working in the school system and I see these children with these parents, these parents that they had, or even like students of my past students who were like three years out of my class and come back pregnant and stuff. Then my prayer life was like, for real, Lord? Oh, this is what we doing? 
Like we don't have these people. These are the people that can just lay down right. and bust the wide right. open and get these babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm over here pumping drugs and and sticking myself with needles and and taking tests and like oh we can't find nothing wrong like all of that kind of stuff. And these people like if you blow on them they pregnant, you know? And I'm like, my prayer language was like, let me tell you something, Lord. This ain't it. I don't know what the plan is, but this ain't it. Like, I'm going to need you to go on and do something because, and it went like that for years, because now we at year almost 15, and I think we started trying like our second year of marriage. And so, it's just, it's like, I literally talked to God, like, what's the problem? Like, am I doing something you're not liking? You know, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, okay. You know what? It's because you want me to get another job first, or you want me to go back to school first. And so you're giving me that time. Oh, you want us to travel. You know, it's just that I keep trying to, in my mind, figure out what his plan is. And mm-hmm. I know that's not for me to figure out, you know. But when I talk to the Lord, it sounds a little hood, real hood. <laughs> Especially when she be clapping and everything. Listen here, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a lot going on. Go ahead, Tanya. You got something? Go ahead. Before I get too choked up, for me, it's a little different because um, I came into this marriage with my tubes tied. Mm. I had a mm. tough uh, divorce. And had my tubes tied, didn't plan to ever get married again. Mm. Not in, was not in my plan. Mm. I didn't know I was going to reconnect. So I was like, okay, well, we'll just go back to the same doctor that did my, uh, my uh, tie tubal and get it reversed. And then we'll go from there. But went back to her and she said, uh, every doctor's visit that you had, you were so adamant about time. I don't want any more kids. I don't, you know, you don't want any more. And, uh, well, she cut extra off Mm. that I didn't get pregnant again. So I came into the that way you know not not being able to get pregnant so we had to go the ivf route and when Mm. we did i ended up with five eggs and we tried the first time two eggs we used two eggs did not get pregnant Mm -hmm. so waited a little bit tried the second time we used two eggs we got pregnant and um you we already went into, you know, how it went down in the doctor's office with uh, them not having a hearing the heartbeat after what, how many months? Five? Three months? Three months. But we only had one egg left. And I'm like, this is my fault because I came, you know, I came here like this, not being able to get pregnant. I brought this into this marriage. Like, this is my fault. We have one egg left. What are we going to do? So I questioned it. And it was like a roller coaster. I trust you, Lord. What you going to do? I trust you, Lord. Come on. Are you going to do something? Right. (laughs) Back and forth. And then I already had two children. Well, we had two. But I came into the marriage with two children. So I don't want him thinking, oh, she good. But she already has her two. Wow. But we together. So it was like a big wait. Um, yeah. So we waited uh, some yeah. years because we only had that one egg left. And it was it was crazy. Um, changed my whole diet. I uh, We were just, you know, praying and fasting and just doing different things and then just stop worrying about it. We just... We were like, okay, you know, Lord is in your hands, and we truly just stopped. And when you go, when you say stop, we that communication was key. Um, I think we started being able to 
be open how we truly feel about things at times. Um, and we had to get to a point in which we didn't let it control us anymore. Um, that was the tough part. Easier said than done. I'm going to oh, be honest. Easier, easier said tough. than done. Yeah. And, um, and I remember Tanya's um, Mama Christina, and I tell the story all the time. And like you said, John, I talked to her one day. I was like, hey, Feel like I didn't. It's my fault. What did I do in the past? Does God punish me or something? Mm-hmm. Did, you know, back yeah. in my college days, I don't want to talk about that. But back in them days, did I do something? <laughs> don't talk about it. Whatever. My mother-in-law. <laughs> he said every time you get that mindset of that thought, you tell the devil to get out your mind, and you you know. Mm-hmm. And she said, you just don't think like that. Pray about it. And I remember her to this day telling me that. And and every time it was coming in my mind, I just said, all right, get it out, get it out, get it out. And But like I said, it's so hard trying not to think those thoughts. Are are we going to have a child? Is this going to happen for us? We had the prophecy too. Right. To, yeah, and you blame yeah. yourself, and then you worried about your wife blaming herself, and, and you, years, years ago, and then do do you want me to be honest? Yeah, I did have that thought. My wife good with what she got. You know what I'm saying? I'm being honest. If she's yeah. good, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, that's the that thought that that negative thought mm-hmm. came in my life all along. She's hurting because she's hurting more than I am because she wants to do it for me. You know, and and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you have those those thoughts back to the Lord reading the question. Yes, yes. Yeah, man, that's so real. When, so, that's real. So when Sher got pregnant the first time, after about two, I want to say two or three months, she swole up from a toxemia, like a like a dill pickle, like a feed that's and anchor. A feet ankles was all swollen up. So, okay, so she had, oh, okay. she had to stop working, and it was around the holidays. I never get around Thanksgiving and Christmas, it was right so they said it's right now. It was before you had a right after. So we're down for things. So anyway, uh, let me get this. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the store. Right? So I went to Thanksgiving, and when we got back home from Thanksgiving, when I went to the doctor, they put me in the hospital. Okay, so we go to the doctor. It's like, oh my god, oh my god, we gotta put you in the hospital. I'm like, y'all gotta do what? We gotta mm-hmm. put her in the hospital. She gotta be on bed rest until mm-hmm. she has the child. It's mm-hmm. before. A holiday it had to be. It had to be Christmas. It was before Christmas. Before, I said like you was in for Thanksgiving. Cause remember, let me tell you how I know you was in a Thanksgiving. Cause okay, so we over a friend of ours house eating Thanksgiving food. Cheryl calls and says, "Hey, what you doing?" It was Christmas. Was it Christmas? Yes, because she was born three days ago. I know when she was born, but it had, I'm saying it had to be a holiday. Don't do this on thing. Anyway, <laughs> so, so, so anyway. <laughs> Anyway, the point of my story was, I remember Cheryl calling and saying, hey, what y'all doing? I was like, well, we're over here eating uh, eating food. She's like, well, yeah, everybody was out here, but they gone now. I say, huh. Okay, I'll be out there in a minute. Because she was there every night. And then they have you spending the night in that two-by-two bed. And then they come in every four hours to check the check on yeah. right? So I stayed out there uh-huh. about three days. So so they induced labor with Cheryl on the 28th of December. So they came out, she was two pounds, three ounces. Now get this, this was so crazy. Cheryl was swole up like a pickle. And when Janae came out, she was so little, everybody like, girl, what, what, what a baby? What are you talking about? You? So, <laughs> Wait a minute. So because she was so little, her lungs hadn't developed yet. This, this oh, wow. So so they had to put her in the incubator thing and they said you can only come up here during the hours that we open. And sure, when I tell you, sure packed her pillow and had a chair and was at that door 24 7 
was in there with the, with, with Janae saying, y'all can't make me leave. I'm going to be in here with my baby. I'm going to be the first boy mm-hmm. girl. I'm going to be the last one. I'm gonna, and she stayed there. Sure got on their folks' nerves so bad. They heard mm-hmm. her up and got, got Janae out of there. For sure was there every day. I don't like because she wanted to make sure that and Janae could fit in my hand two pounds, three ounces. Yes, yeah, so but yeah, she came home when she came home, she was three pounds, 14 ounces. So wow. yeah, to carry yeah. her in a carrier because she was too small, and daycares would not take her because she was too small. So I ended up staying oh, home. Wow. She was six months old, which by the time she was six months old, she was the size of a three-month-old. Wow. Oh wow. Uh, you can take over now. Well, you didn't tell my story now. It was nice. You should be big on your dad's house. Yes. About a 4th of July. That old age memories. Memories first to go. So research suggests that infertility is often a very lonely experience, as we talked about, right? A fact that is only made worse by the drastic shifts it caused in your existing relationship. So the shame, embarrassment, and stigma. And so the next point that we wanted to to tell the listeners is that although you need communication, you also have to have compassion and not just compassion in the relationship between you and your partner, but also for other people, right? Right. Because some people out here just say any and everything, Yes, not understanding like the effects, because I don't know about, you know, uh, about Cheryl and Tanya, but for me, I already feel a level of shame anyway, right? So I don't need other people coming and giving me that extra dose of shame just because of the things that they say. And I know uh, we had some comments earlier about people just saying whatever um, to a person who does. Like I've had, um, I remember I worked at uh, where I worked and this lady kept saying, "Uh, Smith ain't ever going to have no baby because she too bougie. Like all she want to do is shop and all she want to do is travel and so that's why she's not going to have any kids because she just want to buy shoes and clothes. And I know that's why you not, you just need to go ahead and get that man some babies and stop all that shopping and traveling. And I was like, Lord, I know you don't want me to cuss your people out, Jesus. I know that's not what you want me to do. So you need a high professional cusser. Just... But I was like, people say... Just high professional cusser. Just do all that places. Because Samantha Samantha put, I feel that also people need to be mindful and not to pry and ask questions of people who don't have children yet. You don't know what people are dealing with. Right. And so, um, and I also saw, I saw a post that said, like, when people ask you dumb questions about having children, make them pay you $5 and you put that in the IVF support uh, Hmm. because that's what they said, right? Because mm. it would get so bad. One time we were at um, we were at a church function or something, and a lady kept seeing me play with my nephew, and she's like, "Whose child is that?" And I said, "It's my sister's baby. It's my nephew." She's like, "Don't both of your sisters have children?" I'm like, "Yes. Why you don't have any?" And you know, my response: "Well, I'm waiting on Jesus. You know, when Jesus give me a baby, you know, he'll give me a baby or whatever." And so we're in the line to get food, and I introduce her to, and it's an older lady, because you know, older people feel like they can say whatever. Oh, um, yeah. I introduced her to Derek, and I was like, hey, this is my husband, Derek, and she was like, I know. I met him at your wedding a long time ago. I still don't understand why you ain't gave him no babies, because you've been married for a long time. And I said, Lord, you tested me right now, because in this church right now, I want to lay hands on this one, right? Like, well, we wasn't in church, so you would have been all right. It was a church function. <laughs> It was a hotel. <laughs> but but um like people just say whatever and it's like I get it. You know, I had to start telling myself like don't ask because I had a friend once who I used to say, Oh girl, I'm gonna hook you up with this guy. Like I would meet my I'm like, I met the perfect guy who would be perfect for you. And she had to pull me to the side one time and say, Selena, when you keep telling me you're gonna hook me up with somebody, that's the equivalent equivalent of people asking you when you're gonna have a baby. Because how do you know I'm not okay with just being by myself? Like, stop. Mm. You were telling me basically that I'm not sufficient being alone or being by myself. I don't need you to hook me up. And if I wanted you to, I would. And I was like, you know what? Let me get out of your relationship. Like, I want people to get out of my Got her told real quick. Right? And so, 
it just made me think like sometimes just don't say anything. And so that's why I want to put compassion up here because not only do you have to have compassion within the relationship because you don't know what like literally I could be, we could be kicking, I could be on 10 and then something would just be reminding me like I was telling my dad and my mom the other day, like seeing me is hard for me. And I was telling, you know, the ladies like Christmas, Monday and Easter, yeah. it's it's hard for me. Birthdays, it's like, oh, my God, I'm older. Oh, my God, I'm in my 40s. And I'm trying to calculate, oh, my God, my, all of my kids, friends, parents are going to be young people. And I'm going to be old. Like all of those things, when I have those thought processes, it takes me to a place like a sad, dark space, right? And if he don't know, like, if he likes saying whatever, you know, I just feel like you have to have compassion with the people that you're going through this with. And then people, even if you don't know, but just just be compassionate. I, I would say I, I try not to even bring the subject up. I try to avoid the subject as much as as much as possible. But one thing about. Lord said a holy cussing could be good for the soul. <laughs> but one thing about it she's she's always supported her friends and i i'm like i don't see how you do it baby showers the kids birthdays and she's always right there she's always helping and i'm like man i don't see how you do it i don't see how you do it i i would pull up at some point and be like y'all understand what it is you know I'll be there in spirit, but I can't just keep, you know, it's, going it's, to these baby showers and these birthdays and stuff. Is you know now, and I know y'all, I know y'all, y'all thinking, uh, we got kids, but I have, I have witnessed it, I have seen it. We were on the cruise, and we were sitting next to these people, and everybody's talking. Everybody's talking. We're introducing ourselves to these people that's sitting next, next to us. And they start talking about their kids. Okay, we talk about yeah, we we talk about yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even have any kids. And when she she started talking to Selena, and Selena and she bless her heart because her face was no, 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 and and (laughs) and so much so that the lady the next day came back and was like, "Oh my god." She's from Boston. I just want to apologize because we had no idea because because it was it created an awkward moment mm-hmm. for every, every right. like the table because you want you want to say you don't want to be offensive to anybody but once you see it's kind of going there like I said I have seen it how awkward those moments can be and 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 I, and, I, and, I, and I I pray for you guys because boy it's it's very she, it's she different, very different apolo- than, she was very apologetic she was, though she was. the next night because she realized. Her husband said, "Oh no, you open your mouth and step your foot in it." Yeah, like, I yes. didn't realize. Yes. She said, "I I realized it after we got back to our room that, oh my God, what if she couldn't have any?" It kids? was Selena's face that was like, and, and so she was like, "If you see him, this I'm yeah. very sorry." She was very very apologetic. Yes. Selena looking like a daddy with that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, let it go, woman. Let it go. No, I don't have no kids. And yes, we've been married for 15 years. Let it go. <laughs> Gloria Fensroy says, people have no knowledge that they are offending you when kids are spoken of in your presence. And there, there are things you don't you don't take personally. And you understand sometimes, you know, you know, they were trying to mess with your mess with your mind and the whole nine. But you do have people who have no social awareness and no tact and they will still go there. So we're not talking about people who like the lady on the on the on the cruise ship. She didn't know. She didn't know. There was no way she didn't know nothing about us. But you got people who have been around and they'll make comments and they'll say things. I had a doctor one time and I stopped going to her who was sister. First of all, she sister girl me all day, every day, which drove me absolutely. (laughs) Right. And she told me one time she kept sending me for all these tests. And I was like, ma'am, you already sent me for that test really and she's like what did it say i said that nothing was wrong okay well i'm gonna send you another time and i'm like look 
you're going to stop sending me for all these random tests that are showing nothing and give me an actual plan of what we're going to do. And she was like, listen, you're going to go take these tests because if you don't have a baby for your husband, he's going to cheat on you and he's going to leave you. And I'm telling you that right now. I was like, I'm going to cheat on you and I'm going to leave you. Let me tell you something. (laughs) I'm not going to go. I'm not going to deal with this. From my Who's supposed to be like the doctor? And I was like, you are in the wrong field, woman, because it's such a sensitive issue, right? A topic that you have to have some type of bedside manner and you have to understand that like, we don't know, you know, we've never been down this journey either. And so we don't really know what's going to happen. Just like you apparently don't know what's going to happen or what you're doing. Um, But there just has to be a level of compassion that you have to have for people because as easy as this is supposed to be, and that's why I was telling my daddy, like, this is supposed to be something I do. You know what I mean? These chicks are out here just busting it wide open. I hate to keep saying that, but that's what they're doing. And they just get pregnant. And and this is something that, like, I'm like, I'm smart. Like I could do, I put everything I say that I'm going to do that I put, I put my mind to, I do it except this. This is the only thing that I have not have said, I'm going to do this and I have not been able to do. And so to me, it questions like, are you really that chick? Like, are you that girl that keeps doing, or you put these goals out there for yourself and you keep, you know what I'm saying? You keep um, mastering all this stuff that you say you're going to master. And this is the thing that you can't master. And I'm already hard on myself. And so I just need compassion from not only him, but just other people, because I don't know what to do. Yeah, no, I told her, I said, I said, if the baby don't come from you, you know what I'm saying? Then we both, we in this together. I'm not going to go off and have no baby just so I can have a baby. No, it's it's me and you. And I be thinking like, if he was with somebody else, then he could have some children by now. Like, maybe I should just be like, you know what? It was yeah, good yeah, while yeah. it lasted. Like, <laughs> and do yeah. you. Well, one of the things that God has blessed us with, though, is a great community. Right. Even though, even though um, we didn't, I, because the importance of it is when we when we were going through with our kid, with, with trying to have kids, we, we were just me and Cheryl. We didn't really have anybody that, that we could talk to. We didn't have a group of people that we could mm-hmm. go Cry with, yeah. and 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 I, I just I just realized the difference now, where because the as you guys are going through this, you guys aren't going through it alone. Right. Me, me and Cheryl and the rest of the group is going through it with you guys yep. in, the, in the same religion. Yeah, religion talk to yeah. Can, I, can I can I say something about that? Yeah, I, I, I know when you talk about community, I want to follow back up on that. I remember when we had that miscarriage, and you guys. So you got. I remember y'all called and text, and I didn't want to be bothered. I told y'all we good, we good, and everything. You showed up. You know, <laughs> You showed up. You showed up anyway. You you beat the go down, and you came over anyway. And it was amazing. That is a blessing. So I'm sorry, John, but you just made me think. Well, about well, yeah. community is being able to laugh and party together, pray together, and we can cry together. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That, right. That's what, that, that, man, let's celebrate the wins and be together mm-hmm. on the loss on the on the L's that we taking, man. I mean, that's what community is all about. Not being on an island. Yeah, I'm a, I'm reminded of a quote. Uh reminded of a quote that said, you know, we they say we hurt or we suffer in isolation, but we heal in community. Yeah. So that community, that community piece is is very vital and and that's what it's about. Fia says, wow, that's a blessing. I don't think it's an accident that you guys have that strong community. No, you're absolutely right. That's it's a blessing, in indeed a blessing to have people that you can do life with. It is a true blessing. Um, you know, you have people, you know, we do church. You know what I'm saying? People that do church, but it's a blessing to have your church. And I say church, I mean the people that hold you accountable, the people that you confide in, the people that celebrate with you, the people that cry with you, the people that laugh with you, the people that, you know, can be that sounding board, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. That's where it is. That's where it is. Like last night or yesterday when I was like going through, I sent a text to the girls 
the girls group like y'all like pray for me today it's just not and and you know tarsha was like okay come over like what do you need like just we need to sit outside you know just come over we could talk or whatever and there's been several times it's I'm like it's super early but i know tanya up and so i'll text tanya she'll call like uh-uh you're not gonna feel that today and she'll you know say something or whatever but i just i appreciate the group that we have yeah, it's a blessing. It is indeed a blessing. I'm th I'm thinking of a scripture. Oh, uh, uh -uh. uh, Ray Hoback, seventy-seven. And 13. <laughs> Ray Hoback, what? What is that? At all. <laughs> when he said I'm thinking of a scripture, we all we all say, hold on. So, <laughs> what is wrong? <laughs> so the last one that we want go ahead, John. Uh, Richard, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rich. No, I'm just saying, you know, one thing that as you go through the journey that really hurts the most is that control situation. We don't have control over this situation. Yeah, it's man. You know, when people were scared to fly, is who have tr trouble flying. When you hit turbulence in a plane, you like scared. But if you in a car and you your hand on the wheel, you hit some bumps, you good. Yeah. But when you plane, yeah. no that's that makes yeah. it a lot different. And I think sometimes we're in that plane, and when we when we're going mm -hmm. through this, and you know, but you know, we got a real, you know, it's hard, but yeah. God got that wheel. You know, He got that plane right now. You know, he, he controlling right. that. That's and that's the hard part about. It. Let's be honest, that control situation. We don't know how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. We just don't know, and that's the hard thing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Latasha <laughs> said, "Leave the scriptures to Cheryl, John." <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So the last one that I wanted us just to, to go to talk about is the creating a plan. And I say create a plan just because I know for the first eight, maybe eight years of us trying and nothing happening, we just didn't do anything. Like we made no plan of like, what do we want to do to, to, you know, try to like family planning. We just kept. I know for me, I was like, well, you know, Sarah had a baby at 90. Jesus is going to have to show up. He's going to just have to do something. He turned water into wine. He can turn whatever's going on with, with me into a baby. And we made absolutely no plan. But I think that, and I know everything is in God's perfect timing, but I think without a plan, like we had nothing that we were working towards together as far as a goal. And so we just walking around this life aimlessly when we could have been. Like now we're so intentional about what we're going to do or what we're trying to do. At least we talk about it. Right. And I think we wasted a lot of time not creating a plan just because I was in this mindset of, oh, Jesus is going to make it happen. And I know he is going to make it happen, but you also got to, you know what I'm saying, got to move because faith without works is dead. I got to do something. And you know that's the saying? tricky part because it's how do I display the faith without getting in his way? Yes, right. that's it right there. Oh, how do I show I'm still believing but not get to the point where I'm trying to I'm trying to make him move. Where it's actually a trusting thing. Right. One thing we do, we, we talk about when the baby comes, how we going to raise the child and, you know, what we going to celebrate. Now, we ain't going to do this. No. We talk about all of these things. I remember listening to uh, I was reading this book and in the, the book it said it talked about POWs from um, I think like Vietnam War or something or whatever. But it says the ones who who put a date on when they were supposed to get out, like if they knew a holiday was coming or oh Christmas is coming, I know they're gonna get us out by Christmas or you know my birthday is coming up, I know they got, they got to get me out by my birthday. He said the ones that did that didn't make it. They died over there. He said it was the ones that just believed that they would get out. Those were the ones that survived. And and we just got to believe that it's going to happen. You know, uh, I'm like, God, the clock is ticking, but, you know, still got to believe that it's going to happen. Afia says, how do you display the faith without getting in his way? That's so good. Now, Listen, that's, this is, go ahead. No, I was asking you a question. 
can sometimes be the plan is to take a step back. Maria, yeah, that's yeah. been a part of our plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't want to get to a point to where you, you're not appreciating where you are. Right, right. And what you do have. Right, right. right. We, we're yeah, it's less a people. Of, it's a point of contentment. You know, yeah, it, right. It's a spirit Cont- of contentment. Yes, yes. Because content does not mean satisfied. Right. You know, it, it just means I appreciate where I am. I appreciate it. So I say, God, we, we're blessed people. You know, God has blessed us. Uh, and we just got to continue to believe that he going to come through. Because why would he give a desire that he wouldn't fulfill? Who are asking that all the time? Like, Lord. So it's just a matter of when. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Now, the only thing is, in the meantime, that's when you go through all of these emotions and you go through all of these, like I say, your faith is tested. Everything you believe is mm-hmm. tested in that waiting period. Right. But like they said, to, like water to a thirsty soul is a, a good word in due season. Mm. Once you once once the baby gets here, it'll uh, be like all of all of that stress and work is just goes away. Yeah. Yep. It goes away. So Monique said, Thank you all for your vulnerability in sharing your story. This is needed. Thank everybody for hanging in here with us and listening to us. <laughs> we definitely appreciate it. We know it was uh Emotional roller coaster, but uh, we wanted to we wanted to bear our souls and and possibly help somebody who may be suffering in silence. So, final thoughts. We're gonna go around and uh, kick it off with the loves. What would you like to leave the people with? I would say, for me and my wife, is communication. Hanging there together. Together is the main thing. Sometimes you gotta block the world block the world out and mm-hmm. realize it's you two in this storm, it's you two in this fight yeah. it's just you two You two, well God and you two mm-hmm. and if you start sometimes letting people in, it can really distract your yeah. goal and distract your togetherness so I would say keep that being as one and block out the world sometime and just you guys can do it between you and God, y'all can do this thing Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I just want to say, uh, oftentimes on the show, with me and Derek, myself and Derek, we're talking to people about different problems and issues. Like we have all our stuff together, and it's great. It's great to have shows like this to show you that we go through just like everybody else goes through. Go through, but God is our center, and that's what makes it easier for us. God is our center, and when things get really tough, we always can come back to Him. I know this is different for me. I know I'm not, I don't do the, I normally don't express this on the show, man. God is our son, and it means something for God to be your son. Because we have all been through all type of trials with houses, with cars, and all that stuff. And God has blessed us with all of that. And this is just one more obstacle that God will bless us through. So I'll be praying for you guys, and you guys continue to pray for us. From the Lewises, you guys be blessed. Be blessed. And that's my final thought. You know, it's it's one thing to talk about having faith and talk about believing, but it's a whole other thing to actually do it. Um, they said Mike Tyson said everybody got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. And and once you really have to put it to work and see what it is, it's more of seeing what you're made of. And you see where you are with God. You see exactly where you are. But one thing you you hold on to is you've been good so far. Why stop now? So it's 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 not a question of if, it's when. My job, our job is just to be ready when it happens. And that's believing. That's what believing is. So keep believing. Keep believing. And one day you'll have a story to tell somebody else. That's my final thoughts. 
Glory Fence Ross says, Selena, continue to worship him while your wound is still barren because he is going to come through. Keep the faith. I am not getting older. (laughs) (laughs) Brian said, this is good stuff. Listen, we want to... Lisa, Lisa says, this was definitely impactful. I am grandmother now, but I have four daughters, and this has definitely been a huge part of our conversations. Thank you for your transparency. Blessings to you all. Thank we want to you, see our grandmother picture. Where her grandmother picture at? Tell her <laughs> our grandmother picture. Up there. She, got a, she got a 19-year-old picture up there. You put your grandmother picture up there. <laughs> Well, you crazy. <laughs> he is off the chain. <laughs> Listen, don't forget, make sure you like, share, subscribe, share this out. If this is something that would bless somebody, make sure you tell somebody about it. Also, my wife, uh, part of the work that she's doing is she wrote a journal for women who are going through this. Um, and you can pick it up. On Amazon, you can order through Amazon. It's called Faith Through Infertility. Uh, and it just it's a journal that just she gives, you know, scriptures, daily scriptures, and gives, you know, where you can write down your thoughts and your feelings and things of that nature. So right. And it also has a prayer at the end, but this is basically what I needed or what I still need while I'm going through, but it also gives me uh and gives women who are suffering right now or who are still faith in it until they make it. Who are challenged with infertility and so it gives scriptures for you to to just read and to and then space for you to journal your prayers um as you're going through so it's a guided prayer journal for women who experience the struggles of infertility so go pick it up on amazon right now faith through infertility nice listen we definitely appreciate everybody for tuning in thank you for the love thank you for listening thank you for listening don't forget share this out to somebody who can use it. We appreciate y'all. Appreciate the loves for joining us tonight and our wives for joining us tonight as well. We're going to catch y'all next week. Love y'all. Be blessed. Peace out.